Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And today, we are headed south of the Mason-Dixon line to Reaver Beach Brewing Company out of Virginia Beast, Virginia. Now, this is a Justin golf trip souvenir yes it was a uh, couple of friends who i haven't seen in a little while one lives up here and uh, the other one moved down to virginia so we went down to stay at his new house which was awesome and uh he is the guy who gave me my first uh monks uh cafe flemish sour ale in philadelphia awesome. he's the one who showed me my love of philadelphia and for sour beer and uh it's only fitting that reaver beach is uh basically a big time uh wild fermentation uh brewery they do uh, some hop forward stuff and um, some sours, and I can say that on their board, um, at least when I was there, it was probably about sixty to seventy percent sours. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's that's a lot, and we're seeing a lot of sour beers. You know, it's definitely becoming a much more popular. They're the new IPA. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. I hope they stick around as long because I mean, obviously, they're some of our favorites. The other cool part is um, this is a, a start off as a really small venture, and the the tap the tasting room itself is still relatively adventure. small. <laughs> but um, let me see. Let me grab their names here: uh, Justin McDonald and Kristen Mac- McDonald, MacDonald, McDonald and MacDonald. No, they're both McDonalds because oh, they're married. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure Justin's last name is McDonald, and this would be her new name. It would okay. be really weird if they met each other and they were like, "You're a McDonald, I'm a McDonald. Let's do this." Did you know that I, not not that exact thing, but my dad's uh, my dad's aunt was a Gordon, and she married a Gordon, non related. Oh, that's awesome! Yep. Not a thing to do with the DMV. She was bumped. No, <laughs> she was like, let's do this. Dad. Yeah. Though, in their defense, this was like probably before the DMV. So. Oh, okay. That's, only, that's or, a while ago. You know, back when like if you could own a car, it didn't matter. You could drive it. Oh, gotcha. Know? Yeah. So the. Uh, this is they have a killer logo too. It, they have like their version of what they call a Jolly Roger. It's a uh, hop cone with a with a you know a skull face, and then two mash paddles cross behind it instead of bones. And then the full logo, which isn't on the bottles we have, is a, there's a surfboard as well, and it combines apparently all their you know interests: surfing, I guess, and obviously brewing and pirates. Yeah, they started in 2010. Um, apparently, have grown to be uh, a fairly large production facility, at least for the area. Um, it was uh, the tasting room itself was really cool. I'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, the other great part is the name, which I, while I was down there, I assumed Reaver Beach was like a place, and, and maybe it is. But I didn't know that uh, Reeve is a verb, and it means to take away by force, plunder, or pillage. And a Reaver is someone who is a plundering forager. So I love the name. Makes sense to me. My Viking roots just get all tingly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Why didn't you bring your horn to drink from this week? Yes, yes. Actually, I, I meant to bring the boot. Oh, God damn it. I have <laughs> the horn. Das Boot? Yeah, I have Das Boot. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, That's going to be a good time. Yes. I don't have a boot. I just have the giant. You have the leader beers, right? Yeah, the giant leader glasses. So he's got the leader glasses. You've got the boot, and I've got the horn. We're, we're all set. We are set. We you have the trifecta. There you go. When our powers combine, what would that turn into? I don't even know. I have no idea. Techno Viking. That's yes. what it turns into. Techno Viking. Boomsa, boomsa, boomsa. So the bottles that you brought back for us are the um, almost like the, you know, the they're not quite the 750 mil. They're champagne bottles. Yeah, yeah. they're champagne bottles. They're punted. Um, and I'm looking and seeing that this one's bottled, con- the first one's bottled conditioned. Are they all bottled conditioned? I believe so. I believe that that's the case. Yes. Um, okay. They're they're all, I believe, wild for wild fermented. Yes, I see that on their on their label here that they uh, use souring bacteria native to our coastal Virginia home. Do they have a cool ship? Um, I, I think I would they imagine do. Imagine they do, and in this case, they do have a cool ship. Well, on the bottle. Yes, it's a very cool, cool ship. Yes. But yes, I do believe they have a cool ship. I, I, I'm shot. trying to remember back to uh, <laughs> trying to remember back to my conversation there. Um, yes, so they had uh, two of these I had while I was there. Um, I believe the first one we're drinking is the is that the Red Messenger? The first one? Yeah, we're going to start with the Red Messenger. It's a barrel fermented sour red ale. Yeah, this is the one that I did not have there. It's a seven percent ABV and it's a sour beer, but they did list it. It's eight IBUs. Um, the smell on it is just sort of a classic Flanders, um, red smell. Like it's the, the, the little bit of funk, but that, 
kind of overwhelming tartness. Overwhelming in a fantastic way. Yeah, they uh, they say that is an oak-aged farmhouse-style ale fermented with farmhouse ale yeast, Brettanomyces, and wild and wild yeast and souring bacteria native to our coastal Virginia home, like I mentioned before. Yeah, you. Yeah, what, what's the what's the color over there, Inspector Gadget? Uh, I would say that it looks like deep amber slash like copper. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the way to go. Which is an SRM of fourteen. <laughs> the smell is is right is right on. It's that it's that farmhouse um, scent, man. It's a little sweet, um, a little funky. Not the not the horsey funk, but definitely. You know, you can tell it is a sour. Yeah, the, the the taste kind of follows through with exactly that. You get a little bit of that, for lack of you a better word. You get some funk, and yeah. then you get some tart, and then it's pretty damn good. Yeah, this is, you know, an insanely crushable sour. It's one. Of, it's a very approachable sour, too. So for people who maybe you've had some, some you know, Checkpoint Charlie, like Berliner Weiss type stuff, which is puckering for you, this is a kind of a level of tartness that you can get behind. Yeah, the, um, the finish on the sip is really clean. There's... Um, it's not crisp. It's almost like a water kind of finish. Just like it's there. You get the flavor in the front of the sip, and then it kind of just washes smooth, and then you can start over. It's got some nice legs. Yeah, mm. it does. It laces in the glass very, very nicely. Mm. I can't tip mine too much because I'm not as talented as the rest of these people. And I might spell it. But <laughs> the flavor, I think, is is spot on. And Justin, you threw the word crushable out there, and that's exactly what this is. Like this is um at seven percent ABV. It tastes it tastes a little higher than you know, an average five percent beer. Like you can taste that there's a little more booze in here, but it doesn't come off that it's really heavy boozy. No, it it doesn't. And it would be super super sneaky. You don't get any heat from it. I mean you have that seven percent beers typically do, but yeah, you you'd have no indication that you were going to get jacked by this, which yeah. you will. Which yeah, I think drinking this one, you absolutely will. Um, I'm trying to pick out some of the other notes in there, like as far as like what the like some words for some of the flavors that I'm getting, but I'm having a hard time finding it. It's not it's not really like a fruit. I'm not I'm not picking up like a fruit. Maybe like the faintest of like an apricot, a little bit, but not. Not really like fruit. What are you guys getting out of it? I'm having a hard time putting words to it right now. For, My vocabulary for this kind of thing is not well developed. For me, it's 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 like it's kind of a saison meets a meets a true sour because you get the, the, the funkiness of of the the bread and everything, and you get get the finish of a of a straight up sour. Yeah, I mean, it's got some good funk on the the front of the taste, right? And then that gets cleaned off by uh, really clean acid yeah later on so that you're ready to go back for that the next sip right away so my question is and i don't know if either of you guys can identify this or know it but where's the brett taste that's the funk that's that funk in the beginning of it yes and a lot of the aroma as well okay like some of the aroma is uh the acid that's in here right it's making in that tart but then the other notes that are kind of like hay-like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that's your Brett. All right. That's your Brett funk. That's when they say farmhouse. Yeah. Basically means Brett. Okay. So I can. So those are kind of more interchangeable. Would you? you there would are, you agree yeah. on that one. There are other ways to get it, but I mean, yeah, a lot I, of time. it's often it is from Brett. Then, but you have some Belgian yeast. Right. That'll give you a, something similar. A, something similar, right? Um, no, just because I've heard "Brett" is one of those phrases that you get, you see, and hear thrown around kind of frequently, especially once you start spending a little more time around brewers and breweries and, and, and beer geeks. You're like, "Oh, okay." And I've always kind of just done the little nod and smile when it comes to Brett. I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know that word. Did, I got you." But I don't. I'm never. I again, think of it I this haven't way. Been able to let me just finish real quick. I haven't been able to isolate that flavor to identify it to say like that's what this is does it remind you of a funky cheese then it's brett this does not remind me of a funky cheese not even in the flavor the flavor at the beginning of the flavor it definitely does for me like telegio 
or something along not, those yeah, lines. Yeah, not necessarily like a – yeah, exactly, exactly. Not like, you know, all the way out there, like a really, really, you know – over the top blue cheese, but you know. Okay, yeah, because I'm thinking blue cheese and, and no, I would, and I'm not going or gorgonzola. I'm like, I'm not getting like that. No, but, no, not that far. But like a, a telegio or, uh, I mean, very, very mild. This is a very mild version of it. Like if we had a, a Omegang hennepin here, yeah, that you would get the full blown like absolute like. Bret you'd be like you were licking the back of a horse, like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like right. you, you so took, when I, you so took when the I, blanket off of the horse and you put that in your kettle. Yeah, mm, delicious. All well, right, so that so that's what I was saying. That kind of like that horse blanket, kind of sweaty. Yeah, smell. horse blanket hayish. Um, right. So here's what I figured. Then this is this is what I like, and I think it was something along these kind of lot, something similar to this kind of beer. That was probably the first sour that I had that made me go, "Man, this is cool." I like this. This is something that I like. Um, I know it was not this one. I could probably Rodenbach, right? No, 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 no. it wasn't. Um, I don't know. I, I think really Rodenbach don't. was my my first venture. Yeah, like I said, I mine know. was the, mine was the Monk's Cafe, and that's not like this. That one's like a straight up sour. You're not really getting too much of a funk from that. No, there isn't a lot of funk in. Uh, no regular Rodenbach either. Yeah. No, no, the Grand Cru, oh, definitely. So yeah, I wish that wasn't like forty dollars a bottle. I'd just stack it. I know, and you know what? I wish I was available more readily around here. Is there? Uh, is it the Framboise? Framboise. Yeah. Remember, I got with, with the yeah. cranberry and uh, I got, cherries in it. Yeah, I brought that to. I got that once. It was a little. It was on the expensive side, but not quite that expensive. We had it at my house one time, and you yeah. were like, "Oh yeah, that's right. This is. Uh, I've been looking for this." Yeah. One thing interesting to the listeners might be, so you have bread, right? And then you have yeast. So bread is a bug. It's not exactly a yeast. No, bread is yeast. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah. Bread is yeast. It's just a different genus. Oh, okay. Whereas most brewers' yeasts are the genus Saccharomyces. Bread is Britannomyces. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And then, you know, so when you talk about, um, like, kettle souring with, like, lactobacillus, is that also a yeast, or is that no? That's lactobacillus a, that's a bacteria. is a bacteria. That, okay. That's a genus of bacteria. And so you got Lactobacillus and Pediococcus. Those are both yeah, genuses caucus. of. <laughs> sorry, I can't. Help genus myself. of uh, bacteria. So those are going to give you um, like a hardcore tart, right? Those those yeah, flavors. Yeah, lacto is going to give you really clean, um, sour, because they're going to. Eat those sugars and shit out. So you're thinking Berliner Weiss with lactic that lactic acid, yeah. And that's when you get that that green apple sour. Yeah, is the is the lactobacillus, or or if it's really potent, yeah, like Checkpoint Charlie, okay. where it starts to taste almost like lemonade. Okay, gotcha. And then Pediococcus gives you a lot of that, but Pediococcus also shits out a lot of other flavors as well. So Pediococcus will give you a lot of diacetyl. Okay. Which is that buttery flavor. Yeah, yeah, the butter flavor. Which is why if Pediococcus is involved, usually Brett is involved as well. Okay. Because the Brett will eventually make its way through and chew up that diacetyl okay. and shit out other flavor compounds that are more desirable. Yeah, uh-huh. like the, the horse plank and stuff. Which is, I'm not, again, which is, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not 100 percent on what, well, what the conversion all, would yeah, be, yeah, the, yeah, all the conversions there. I'm not sure if one begets the other or if they're independent from one another. But that's why I usually have pediococcus used along with bread instead of just by, you know, pediococcus by itself. Right. I know that you know you can get pretty crazy with it. You know, the thanks to some of the guys in the beer club, I've been able to have some like crazy lambics and stuff, especially that were aged. Yeah. And I mean, they're definitely sour. But like, there was also like more than a hint of a burnt tire in one of them and stuff like that. And I'm like, I I, I want to know what produces that well, mostly so I can av- avoid it, except in very small quantities. <laughs> so lambics are uh, sort of something else entirely. So traditional lambics, the wort is produced and then it's dumped into the cool ship and it's left to cool in the cool ship overnight. And because of the gradual drop in temperature of the wort in the cool ship overnight, you have multiple successions of active genera of bacteria 
as that, the, as the temperature changes, right? That contribute their own layers of funk and flavor yeah. to it more than just Saccharomyces Britannomyces Pediococcus and Lactobacillus. And also, they they tend to be aged. For, for that reason, they tend to be aged so that those bacteria can do their thing for a significant period of time. Well, it's. So, like, the enteric bacteria and some of the other, so, like, enteric bacteria usually associated with uh, flavors and smells of, like, uh, baby diapers and dumpsters. That sounds and, horrifying. And really funky cheese. Still horrifying. Yeah. Still standing by horrifying. So, my phrase. those can't survive in more highly acidic environments okay so lower ph's so once your lacto and your pdo and even the yeast to a certain extent start going and start increasing the acid content those other bacteria die off and are no longer adding additional contributions to the overall flavor profile it's okay it was good empty. thing that was empty it's okay it was empty <laughs> so i hear lactobacillus and i think lactic acid is that yes? One of the, that's that's exactly what's occurring, basically, right? Lactobacillus makes lactic yes. acid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you know, sour sour beers are are, are an art. I mean, not that brewing isn't an art form, but this is like another layer of art on top of it. You're making a beer, and then purposefully, just like with a blue cheese or anything else, you're essentially set. You know, you're making it bad on purpose to taste a certain way. Bad yeah, the right and, ways, baby. Oh, you know, yeah. there, there's the old saying that the brewer produces the wort and the yeast makes the beer. That's even more true with this. true with sour beers because all you can do is make the wort and then add your culture to it and hope the end product tastes good. Right. Because it's not always going to. And the time frame on these, that's where it's uh, – sorry. I was getting up to reach a bottle. Um, the time frame for how long these, t- these can take is always the – the part that puts me off like i i was one of the impatient guys that got frustrated about having to wait three weeks or four weeks for a brew to condition i can't get my head around having to wait months if not years well, we waited to what? find out if it's to then find out well you screwed up it's nothing right well we, we waited how long for uh far as it was what it was, the like, chili beer? it was like seven months right six I months think eight ooh, months ooh, yeah. yeah oh ooh. we have a, we have a gusher we're a little yeah. excited over there yeah it, it, it it was just a little bit out of the tip. It wasn't so while while you're pouring that, let's let's we I think that was a really good sort of run through of uh, you know sour beers, what makes them a little bit different in the brewing process and everything. Um, the other big thing is uh, is that they're generally very low, lowly hopped, or depending upon where it's produced, maybe no hops at all, because the hops can have a extreme inhibiting factor on the lactobacillus. Uh, right. To the point and really that's the reason why hops are used in beer basically. When you hear it's about preservative, yeah. Yeah, when you hear that term like hops are preservative in beer, it's because they kill off any lactobacillus that would okay, create acid and spoil the beer oh. yeah, in a bad way. If I'm remembering correctly from what I've read, I mean, right around 20 IBUs is like you're, you're pretty much you're, you're the max you're going to get, but you can dry hop them because once, you, yes, once because you're done, you've done, it's you've done the, the taste already. It's the isomerized alpha acids. So hops are, have a, and it's a hop variety dependent. They have all kinds of essential oils in okay. them. Right. And, and that's always the stuff that you're trying to get into it that really produces right. flavor. Right, and the the bulk of most of those oils is alpha acids or beta acids. And the alpha acids, the whole reason that you boil the hops is to isomerize the alpha acids. And isomerization just means, all right, if you can remember high school chemistry class when you would draw out, like, chemical molecule I chains. I cannot. I had two really smart lab partners, so I just... I surely you remember playing with the models at least at some point, though. No, I just like... The playing black with balls the... were carbon. I just like playing with the Bunsen burner. They were four pegs. I just kept getting yelled at for playing with the Bunsen burner. Were you banished to the land of plastic? I don't know. I don't did, remember. Did you break glass more than once? No. 
Never. Okay. Zero breaks on the glass. I remember all of these things, and then in college I had to do it again. Oh, no, see? I, no, I changed my major so that I wouldn't have to. I changed my major. Chemistry. I changed my major after I had to do it. Oh, see, that was your <laughs> mistake. No, I think I, I think I do remember the models, but my teacher was all like, "We don't have time to play with them. Just draw it out." So she had no sense of joy. Anyway, <laughs> isomerization just means okay, you've got all these things that make up this molecule, right? We're gonna blow it apart. When you isomerize <laughs> it, you've got all those same molecules, but it's in a different shape. Okay, I got you. Or all those same atoms that make up the molecule, but now it's in the molecule is shaped differently. I'm I, that that's a more accurate statement. It was really the Italian esque hand waving that did it for me there. That, yeah, that's I'm, what I, makes me understand what you were doing there. Yeah, Ooh. I'm only sorry now, the now listeners couldn't see that. Spirit fingers. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> no, those were just weird jazz hands. Well, dude, <laughs> no, that jazz is, hands is. <laughs> I gotta say, man, awesome job pulling that off the top of your head. Yeah, seriously, this is why I, you're I'm our sorry, beer professor. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to uh, to side swipe you there with uh, with Brett knowledge and you know try to get you going. But thank you for sharing all that. I knew I knew that you would have this at the, on the uh, the tip of your dome. <laughs> How'd we get there anyway? So I I, we I, got there because I wanted to know where what the flavor of Brett was and kind yeah. of that isolation. And I'm, I'm glad you asked that because I kind of wanted to go. One of the things I wanted to do at the episode when I bought these beers, when I realized we we're going to have three sours, which yeah. is not something we can usually do, is I wanted to talk a little bit about how sour beers are made because it's definitely different, and obviously they taste vastly different. I mean, if you yeah. if you were to hand this to someone and have them drink it, they would know it was alcohol, but yeah. they would never say beer, never. No, I, I think you would probably get um, you might get some people that say it's beer that went bad like right it's it's it's, sou- it's sour beer in the sense that like it went bad well or- that's why you know back when i was first learning about this and whatnot and i don't remember what it was it was something from the brewery uh at friendsgiving last year actually i, I, I don't know- remember what it was but we were ha- drinking some really tasty sour beer and I shoved it in Glenn's face and I told him to drink it. Uh, and he was like, This is beer? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Yes. And Glenn is a big red wine fan, so I can see how he could get behind Even better than Glenn though was Taylor. Ta- oh, Taylor lost. Taylor his mind. was hysterical. Uh, Taylor is Taylor's is Taylor's fun to give beer. I I though when we did um what was that? That was at my house we did yeah. friends? Yeah. 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 I gave him a we also gave him another beer and I was just like and he it was completely lost and wasted on him. I think it was like a barrel aged something or other. Yeah, it was so was sad. Like, he was like, eh. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You got any more of the, uh, Cliff brought some Bud Light, right? I'm like, ah. But, um, before we completely move on, even though we've poured the next beer, we need to rate the Red Messenger. Yes, yes. we do. And for me, it is going to be a growler. This is an awesome beer. It's really light and easy drinking. Um, I think it's the perfect level of sour in that it gives you that little bit of funk. It gives you that little bit of tartness. It doesn't overwhelm you. finishes nice and clean. I can have this pretty frequently. I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I liked it too. Um, I, I've been lucky enough to drink a, a fairly large amount of sours, and obviously as any local uh, listener knows, travel to like Monk's Cafe and have some crazy not crazy but like standard belgian type stuff right and the flanders red style is always one of my favorites the second i drink it i just think wow this is an awesome flanders red and uh, i'm also going to be a growler it's um it is a a perfect example to me at least a perfect example of that particular style and uh, an incredibly approachable sour i agree with both of you guys but i'm gonna go with the bomber just because I think after two glasses, I'm going to be looking for something else. It could be another sour. It could be something else entirely, but I don't know that I want more than two glasses of that. I can see that. It's not the most uh, complex level of sour. So it can it could, you know, not become old, but you might just want something else. Yeah. And that, and that complexity, the fact that it is what it is, is kind of what made me say I don't want the keg of it. It's not, like, so deep and so interesting that I really just want it plow into it all the time yeah like so i could have a keg sticking... of that on tap and have a glass of it every day and be perfectly happy oh yeah but after two glasses i'm in a given day yeah, yeah i'm gonna be done with it i'm gonna want something yeah. else this one is something that i really wish was like handy at my local bar because i could definitely see myself having one of these every time i went in there 
Yeah, like, exactly. If somehow they got a keg of this and Paul had it over at Brickhouse, and I, <laughs> I would go and have one of these and then have a nitro stout, and I'd be... That's I'd be good, really happy. Actually, a really good combo. I would be really happy being able to flip-flop between those two beers all night. Um, so you went with a, a bomber? I'm one? a bomber for the, right. uh, for the red. So the next one that we poured out, um, which one is the bottle over there? This is the Lunatic. And Justin, could you grab that bottle so we yes. could uh, get a little details on the Lunatic? Yeah, so the, the Lunatic is an, is an ale that has been re-fermented in oak barrels with blackberries, which mm-hmm. leads the, the the term re-fermented leads me to believe that it was fermented, tasted, and said, let's do something else with this. <laughs> and then they threw it into some barrels. And probably added some blackberries to uh, it. Yeah, and some yeast, I imagine, because it's re-fermented twice. No, no? Uh, it's probably just whatever culture was used in the beer initially, especially being that these are oh, all yeah, right, fermented. It's, yeah. right. No, it's no, just right. that you have another fermentation kickback off because you've now introduced all this new sugar with the blackberries. to the liquid with the fruit. Yeah. Right. The color is right in with the same of the last one. That It's that beautiful <laughs> red yeah. Yeah, may, color. Like, maybe a little bit little browner. Light. Yeah. yeah, I was confused at first when you poured it. I'm like, is that was that the same one? Like, it's a real. It's <laughs> no, a, no, we we emptied the first bottle because I yelled at Kevin that the bottle wasn't empty. Yeah, yet, right. So. It's a really nice color though, and this one added the uh, black has blackberries in it, right? It does. What's interesting Which, to me is the aroma compared compared to the previous one. I have way less aroma, and it's what it, what's there is slightly sour to me, but way less identifiable. It smells sour, and it has less funk. Yeah, than the red. And the blueberries, not blueberries, uh, the blackberries, I don't really pick up. No, not in at the all. initial, but I think... I think I smell like the ghost of a blackberry. I What I was going to say is that I think the blackberry is what's kind of toning down the, the, other set, the other aromas that we were getting at the beginning of the last beer. I think it would be very similar, but we're getting the blackberry, the blackberry is kind of muddling that flavor a little bit. Yeah, it, um, that's, that's sort of what I was thinking. What's interesting to me, and I don't know if this is true, I have absolutely no idea, but I'm going to you know, do some beer math here. You have 7% on our um, Flanders Red we just had. This is a very similar color, very similar flavor to me in the beginning with a little bit of a blackberry finish, right? and a 7.8% ABV. I'm thinking it might be this beer, the Flanders Red, thrown into a barrel with uh, blackberries, but I don't know. It's possible. It's possible they might have followed a very similar recipe to it. Right. Um, even in the taste, you get it's kind of the it's the tart blackberry. There's it's so much. The, yeah, it's not a sweet blackberry flavor. It's a tart blackberry flavor into it, and it's not exactly what I was hoping for. I was kind of hoping for a little sweetness to to come back and change it a little. There's so much blending that goes on with sour beer making in order to provide right. consistent product though as well that you know it's hard to say that this i mean it probably is the same base beer you know it's probably all like a red yeah base wort right and then they ferment it with the wild culture put it in a bunch of barrels and, and whatever other wood f- vessels that they have and then they start tasting them and they go hmm what are we going to do with this? Which ones are we going to mix together? What fruit would go well with this? Yeah, that's something that I, um, when I was doing the homework for the the Hermitage uh, Brewing Company out in California, when we uh, got those beers gifted to us, that I didn't know, I hadn't seen, I hadn't done any homework on before, read about it all, of the blending that goes on between all the sour beers. Like, that was my initial exposure to it. So I understand what you're saying now, Mark. Like that, they do kind of cross over so many times, and they get, hey, they know, the guys will know that this barrel kind of produces a little bit of flavor like this, and the batch that we got out of this barrel tastes like this. So we can yeah, add a like little bit together. Th- this barrel will be a little more acidic, and this right. one is a little more barnyard. And yeah, if we take two thirds of this one and one third of that one and blend them together, that yeah, you know. It, as closely approximates the last bottling that we did. Yeah. And that's something that I think is going to be interesting as craft beer continues to grow is are people going to start to expect from sour beers more of vintages? Are our beer our beer drinkers going to be accepting of 
significant differences between a year in this or are they going to say like no it needs to are they going to kind of stay how they've been and say no it needs to be fairly consistent well this reminds me of a conversation that justin and i had with larry at spider bite yesterday (laughs) yeah i was running around like a lunatic packing out a billion cases so i didn't was not there well he was basically talking about how he doesn't use untapped at all and like how he had like looked at it like not that long ago yeah. And, like, if you look, if you search for Borders of the Spider yeah. on Untapped, you'll see, like, Borders of the Spider, but then you'll see, like, Borders of the Spider 2015 and, like, like other years attached to it oh. on the vintages. And he was like, when did that, like, he was like, it's never changed. It's all the same. Like, I don't understand who's making these things. And I think that from the, for, like, my brief stint in the beer trading, which, I, I mean, I'm still into, I'd love to trade beer with people, but I'm not right. going to go crazy and try to get, you know certain things necessarily yeah that that's what it's all about i mean yeah. similar to wine where people go you know that year the you know the grapes were grown a certain way and there yeah. was a certain weather and it was perfect that year yeah. the goat Pe- shit like crazy on the grapes right. that year somebody that was at spider bite with us i forgot his name he uh i think it was maybe it was brian he um mentioned that uh three philosophers one year they they um had an issue with their production there was a little bit of sediment in the bottle okay and then oh, yeah. they, they, they that weren't was that wasn't supposed to be there. So then they they next year they didn't have any sediment in it because they yeah. fixed that part of their process. Okay. And people were bitching that there was no sediment. Like this isn't really three philosophers, there's no sediment involved. <laughs> like, you know, so you're not supposed to have that in there. That extra yeast can actually make you, you know, kind of shit your pants. Yeah. So, so like you're not supposed to have that, but then people wanted it because it wasn't like it was before. So to answer your will people do that? I th- I hope that people do it a little bit less. But yes, okay. I think that people will. All right. I mean, you've kind of been our our point man on beer trading and things like that so yeah um stupid stupid like obsessive personality yeah but i i don't know i just think it's i just think it's interesting if 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 we're going to get to the point where we can you know accept that it's going to be different and i think that there's definitely some beers out there where it's different sort of every year and um people look for a certain year and i think even more with beer it's more about like this beer as it ages gets better or something along right. those lines. So, like, I want a 2008, not because the 2008 one was amazing, but because, you know, six years seems to be the number on this particular beer that makes it age properly. Okay. Or, like, even Long Island's Black Friday stout, right? Yeah, we got a couple of those. Every yeah. year, the recipe is a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. The alcohol content is a little bit different. And, yeah. I mean, it's all, they're all an imperial stout, but each one is a little bit different. Well, I always look forward to that beer. And- Oh yeah, it's coming up soon. It is, but we still have another year before we can do a vertical of three years in a row. Uh, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, well, we'll see what we can do. Maybe we can. Maybe they got some high knot back. We've become more friendly, but uh, <laughs> we'll have just some charm. But anyway, do we? We got all three of our ratings for this. For the Flanders in. Did you do yours? Um, we did. We did the first one for the red. We okay. have not done. We all have right. not rated this one. We have not um, rated the lunatic. Yet. I think just like on my last thought for the lunatic itself is. If it is an addition of blackberries to the Red Messenger, which I don't necessarily think it is, but if it is, I think it takes away. That being said, I'm not, I don't, I don't pick up enough of the blackberry flavor in here to. I agree with you. Make there. it that make it really something special to me. It's still tasty. It's still a good sour beer. But if you tell me that blackberries, I want to taste blackberries. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. you there. I don't drink this beer and get blackberries. But what I can say is is that I feel like this is a much more approachable sour beer than the Red Lunatic is for a novice. Well, this the, is the Red, Red, Messenger. Red Messenger. What did I say? Red Lunatic. My bad. It's all right. You smash them together. The it's okay. We've been drinking. Sl- we put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. I think, I think the Lunatic is much more approachable than the Red Messenger. I will give you that. I would agree. It's less tart up front. It's a little more sweet in the back. And it's also a little less funky. Definitely yeah, way and less the, funky. And the, and the, has, funk is, the funk is not there at all. It has bread in it, by the way. It's one of the leading uh, things in terms of the, the um, what it says. What what I get, and this is the thing about blackberries for me, particularly. So I Can like blackberries. Yeah, I like blackberries. Thank you. But when I, when I eat them, I taste like at the very, very first bite of the blackberry... I'm like, wow, this is great. And then immediately it's gone. 
It's like it blipped in my mouth, and then all I get is sort of a very the dry from the skin, right? A very dry finish to my to, to my tongue, which is exactly what I get with this. And then all the seeds. <laughs> well, yeah, no seeds in this, thankfully. But that's what I get with this, and it is more approachable of a sour. But to me, while it's sour, I feel like if you you like this, then I don't know a lot of other sours that are going to provide the exact, you know, sort of sour profile that this is going to. So you may not. You may not end up liking sours. You might like this beer. Yeah. So they're saying that um, the last one they call the, the Red Messenger, they call the farmhouse style. And this one they're calling a beer to guard style. Right. That's true. Uh, yes. So it's a little so it's a little bit different in the approach. I can't tell you exactly what that difference is, but I know that they're like cousins. And I would imagine that the beer to guard is probably just cleaner, a cleaner, sort of less funk version. Yeah. Well, it's probably more that. So, again, there's. The the lunatic is a few tenths of a percent alcohol stronger. It's the eight tenths than yeah. the red messenger. Yes, it is. And that so again that goes back to it's probably a similar grain bill, but there's probably more grain in the lunatic than the red messenger because you have those differing beer styles because beer to guard. Again, basically means beer to hold, like you're going to yeah. sit on that for a little while. Right. And generally, those are stronger in alcohol. Okay. All right. Still still, still a solid beer. I'll kick off the ratings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a, a bomber on it. I could definitely drink two of them. It probably might not be in a row. I might mix it up a little bit, but I think it's a, a very solid beer. Yeah. I mean, um, for me, I'm going to go with a bomber as well. I'm almost – I think the Red Messenger was such a – such a really good beer that to put this one next to it is like almost like I think if we had done it the other way I might have liked the lunatic more I don't know I just think I think I'm coming down on it I don't know I hear you that's just me but a bomber is definitely where it's at for me and I'm happy about it too yeah I'm gonna stick with the bomber and make this a hat trick again as well hooray I threw my hat in there no one else saw that but I threw it I saw it okay uh, and again, like we said, it's mostly it's because you tell me it's got blackberries in it, and I don't really get the blackberries. But yeah. I, but I have a qu- an honest question about that. Now, the only time I've ever quote unquote tasted blackberries beyond what I just described with my black Ooh. like actually eating a blackberry is like a uh, blackberry seltzer, which is an extract. I mean, they're not putting blackberries in that. So I think that that when people think of a, how a blackberry tastes and I'm, pretty sure this isn't necessarily true of you mark i know you you know you know what a blackberry tastes like but that's the flavor that um you want to pass it over yeah little little juggling here that's the flavor i think a lot of people think of is that you know sort of artificial version of blackberry no and that that's certainly fair um the concentrate the blackberry concentrate flavor yeah let's go mark enjoy it so i can pour you more (laughs) enjoy faster damn it so what i'll say about this upcoming beer um if we got all three ratings in, I'm, I'm yes, like we blacking went with out. the bombers across the board. All oh, right, hat trick. Got the hat throwing. Yes. So I had the this blackberry one on tap while I was there, the one we just had. It's been a little while. It's been a couple of months, so I can't quite remember if the bottle lived up to it, but I, I imagine it did. I remember this next one being the killer of all three of them. And uh, if Kevin's got the bottle, so you can... Uh, right. This one's called Outlaw Republic, and it's got... Uh, crossed flintlock pistols sketched on it which That's is pretty key, cool yeah it's pretty cool um and it is an it's in at 7.2 percent abv it is an ale fermented in port barrels with lemon lime and orange zest yeah so um, this is awesome. uh, give me one more second here yeah um is farmhouse style ale fermented in port barrels lemon la, 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 and same thing okay so they use bread uh, and they use bread again with the same kind of stuff so i, I just f- wanted to see if there was any different notes on the side of the bottle yeah this was uh my i think this was of the sours i had there they uh, this was my my favorite one i recall well Um, this one's definitely lighter than the other two yeah this uh, if you pour it it could look like a pale ale yeah yeah it's very much a golden color as opposed to the other ones which were you know brownish amber yeah this is hazy too little new england ipa ish i tell you i don't really get much in the way of aroma off of it no, I'm not even pick. Uh, me neither, and I'm not even really picking up that farmhouse style. 
Maybe a slight, very slight hint. I get, yeah, I get just the slightest hint of, like, sour or maybe citrus. I'm not even sure, but, again, it's, you know, just the ghost of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, huffing this glass right now, and I'm not getting... (laughs) Oh, my God. Mark's doing lines in the glass. (laughs) I have have the headphones on, and... uh, (laughs) That was not pleasing. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to sleep tonight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just can't seem to pick up anything. I want there to be more, but I'm interested, and I have not tried a sip of it yet. I'm interested to see how the port barrels, which is a strong, very strong flavor port, um... Mixed with lemon, lime, and orange zest. I mean, I'm, I'm so, yeah, I you have, a sip, I have but to say that it tastes better than I would expect it to for my particular palate. That is precisely shit, what is I good. wanted you to say Holy when I when shit, I taste. This is good. I know. This is like a sour seltzer. Oh, sorry, a sour sprite. I'm just gonna pour with, myself a little with bit a, more. With you a, know an, more about that voice. With a solid finish. I am mad at myself. Because I only got one bottle of each of these. Um, I'm mad at you that you only got one bottle of each I'm going to make a well. phone call to, to Virginia, and I think I'm going to have a bunch shipped up. But Well, there you go. I mean, I've been texting my brother about getting us some more Labyrinth from Crooked yeah. Tongues. So. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have more um, of this. How far away are the Santorellas from Virginia Beach? Mark, if you're listening, Mark, I know on occasion you listen. My buddy lives lives seven tenths of a mile from this place. Okay, you live further away than seven tenths of a mile, but Mark, <laughs> if you're coming up to visit your parents, bring Reaver Beach beer to us. I met your dad. Well, he's I'm... here like right now. Oh well, I, it, I met Mark, your I met for your dad. his niece's baptism. I met so. your dad. I met your dad on once. We're like family. <laughs> Mazel tov on the baptism, but damn it, you should have brought this beer for us. You should have known. All right, so now that we've said it's great, let's let's try to describe the flavor okay. to our audience so they can they can um, come back into this with us. The there's a definite citrus flavor to it. Yeah, it kind of uh, clings to my tongue as well. But it doesn't. I it's not offensive. No, it's not offensive. It but just I, what hangs I'm, around. Where I'm having a hard time is I'm trying to describe it. And it, I think it blends really well, that lemon, that lime, and that orange, because I think sometimes you kind of get it and you think, like, it feels a little orangey, and then you got a little bit of, like, almost like a Sprite kind of lemon-lime flavor to it. Um, but it's, re- I think when you hit citrus seltzer beer, like, that was a really good call on it. And it's it's got that kind of flavor. And it almost finishes with that little bit of bite that you get from CO2 mm-hmm. in that, in seltzer also yeah i what i liked about this beer is i i had when i had this on tap it was one of the ones where i i kind of stopped talking to everybody else that was, was there with us we were there with my my son and and our my friend's son and there was, there was seven people there mm. and i kind of like went to a table like a ta- neighboring table i sat there and i sipped it and i had it on my tongue and the, you kind of chase the flavor a little yeah. bit like you're trying to like you just like you're trying to identify it. you chase it a little bit and every time you go back you're like you find a little something new yeah, with what's going on, it was it's incredibly complex. You were chasing the dragon. I was definitely chasing the dragon. Let's put it this way: with my obsessive personality, if I was there by myself, I probably would have had seven pints of this, and it would have been like one, two, three, four, six floor. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. I drink the bears. I'm drinking the bears. No, um, I think I kind of pick up a little bit, um, Mark, what you were saying, how it kind of yeah, it gets kinda, a little residual, yeah, it clings a little bit, um, especially on the back of my tongue like right there like i'm you heard it there as i was trying to speak it kind of gets all you know uh on the papillaries of the tongue there you you rub it you, i i every time i take it every time i swallow i rub my tongue and through my mouth right but it's really funny <laughs> i do it's really i'm trying to like scrub it a little bit but it's not that it's bad it's just that it's it's strong and yeah. I like it though. I like that it stays there. I like that each successive sip. It's like when you're eating a, a bag of Sour Patch Kids, and when you're fat like me, you're eating like a one of those thirty two ounce bags that you're supposed to give away to kids at Halloween. No, it's called family size, but you're yeah. one man family size. <laughs> so when you're eating those, if you have more than two or three of them, like it starts to completely build in your mouth. Also, like buffalo wings for all your other foodies out there, yes. it um it builds up, but in a good way, kind of like a really good buffalo wing sauce. Yeah. Um. I, I agree with you. It does build up. It tastes that little bit extra. I'm not sure where the port wine 
I, I guess I, I was expecting a port wine flavor, which I'm not necessarily picking up on. But that's I'm not angry about that. Now, port wine is obviously a, it's a it's a dark red wine, right? That's the idea. Yeah, and it's uh, port is fortified, right? Yes. Yeah, as I understand it, if if my memory serves correctly, for, port is fortified, and it's kind of and it's designed to be after dinner drinking like it's yeah, kind of a thicker one yeah it's thicker it usually has that oily kind of mouthfeel to it um i've never and you know of course they tell you it has digestive properties and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that and i've never been a big fan of port to be honest i i, I don't honestly it. don't know if i've ever had port um i think i have a bottle floating around somewhere because my uncle gave it to me because he likes it so he gave me a bottle he's like here you, you you'll like it too we'll for it some reason i've it, and it's not even the same word but it Making me think of the three point camp song from Yagu. Oh, Jesus. Instead port. of port, port, instead of point, it's port, port. port. Let's, Let's hear, hear it for the port. port. Oh, my God. So we'll, we'll save the rest of you guys yeah, Jesus. singing. But... Boy Scout camp songs. Right. Um, Justin, Justin's having flashbacks right now. You don't see, he's rocking. He's rocking. I, I was medicine bow, so. Okay. Um, stupid bow, fucking moose. All right, we need to get this to stop immediately. <laughs> I'm having a little shake and have flashback. Medicine bow. Oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. So um, anyway, for so the... please, for the love of God, Kevin, rate this fucking beer. <laughs> I'm gonna rate. <laughs> I'm gonna rate this beer at a bomber. Um, the flavor buildup makes me want to temper my enthusiasm for it a little bit. Um, the flavor itself is really tasty and I like it. I think it is better than the lunatic, but still not as good as that red. That yeah. red was outstanding. So I'm going with the bomber on this. It's just not going to make me want to keep coming back to it, but I could see myself pretty frequently drinking this beer, especially as it is. I would stick with this one. Maybe this might be my spring beer. The red messenger might be my fall beer. That's, that makes sense. I'm also going to go bomber. And again, typically, like this isn't how much I love this beer. I I love it. I think this is yeah. really complex. But for the same reason, I think it's a little bit of palate fatigue if you drink a lot of it. The um the red to me, the first one is I think one of the perfect combinations of the two different not too different but like the variety of flavors you get in a sour beer with right. the, the with the funk. And with the the tartness, and it's also in the right order because I have had sours that were sort of sour up front, yeah, and then left me with funk. That's not as pleasing. No, it's definitely not. Um, and, and especially when I when I first started drinking sours, I didn't understand that there would be this complexity. I just figured everything I drank was going to be a sour patch kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. It's sweet and it's tart. So as you learn more about sour beers, pay attention to to which styles look at the bottle see if there's brett in it see if there's lacto in it or pedio in it and then you can sort of dial in which ones you you want to want to eat uh drink yeah i i'm gonna stick with the pint again like i said it's i enjoy it more than i expected that i would being right. that it's got lemon lime and orange in it mm -hmm. but again i'm still unless it's yuzu <laughs> i'm still not a terribly big fan about citrus in my beer and by the way, do you know why there are so many beers now with yuzu in them? Is yuzu now able to be grown in the U.S.? No, it has nothing to do with that. Oh. It's that yuzu was added to the TBTA's list of acceptable ingredients in beer. Oh. Without additional steps for approval. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Well... I'm excited. I mean, I think Reaver Beach is a great find. Justin, I know you've been excited to share these ones with us for a while now. Big time. Um, and my wife is happy that they're now out of my vegetable drawer. Yeah, because we had three three of these champagne-punted the things. Yes. <laughs> the beer that? crisper. We had three punted champagne bottles sitting in the in the crisper. For uh, a couple of months now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it was worth the wait, and I think these are fantastic beers. And I don't, if you're ever headed down that way, you need to bring back more of these. Um. Guys, if you're down there, check it out and let us know what you think. Get us an email. Definitely check out the tasting room. Um, they have uh, pretty cool stickers you can check out. And um, it's very kid-friendly, too. Like I said, my uh, my toddler and my friend's toddler were there. And it was 
a really well, cool it's library. like it, it's uh like a brew pub restaurant type place right no or, oh no no it's no there's not food there they occasionally have food trucks they do have a uh, an italian place that delivers to the restaurant okay uh, to the restaurant to the brewery that they're cool with um and uh, it's pr- plenty big i would say there's probably at least a dozen tables and um a well, that's why bar. I was thinking it was a brew pub type place because you had talked about tables and such. So yeah, it was, for the for just a tasting room, there was an impressive amount of uh, seating, but it was also like a typical brewery situation where I'm not going to say it was an industrial district, but there were definitely um, it was a commercial area, like there yeah. were you know commercial buildings and stuff around it, and um, the the staff was really friendly, and also the people that that frequented were friendly. It was cool because you know you see a number of people sitting at the bar, and everyone you know I hear people out watering. The you know the red messenger and and the lunatic and ordering all these sours. In addition to the sours, they they do also do hop four beers. I didn't have their IPA. I had everything else on the board with the exception of their IPA. They had two dark beers. Um, I believe one was a coffee stout that was you know pretty damn good on nitro. So they, well, yeah, I mean, well, you could put. I a, think pretty yeah. much everything is better on nitro. You could puree a shoe and put it on nitro, and I'm probably gonna drink it. But yeah. it uh it. I really enjoyed it, the place a lot. I was, you know, sort of. You, know, you go to a new craft brewery and you're you're in a different town and everything, and you're you're wondering what it's going to be like. And it was it was everything I could have possibly have asked for. You know, you look at the menu. And I saw all these sours, and I'm like, oh my god, I hope this is as good as it looks. And it definitely was. So I would I would certainly check it out. Sounds good. I mean, if I ever find my way in that neck of Virginia, I'll be sure to stop in and check it out. No doubt. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you try some sour beers. Cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.